This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you into what will be a very interactive and encouraging edition of Equip. Yesterday, if you listened in, we invited you on a journey, this 52-week journey in the Word of God. That's right. This year, as you're setting all your wonderful goals for fitness and health and financial and career goals, I hope you also are setting um, uh, spiritual goals. And one of the best spiritual goals you can make, in my humble opinion, is to say, Lord, I want to know your word better. I want to read the scriptures for myself. So many benefits to that. Uh, you'll you'll see the beauty of God's character more. You'll you'll understand the depths of uh, His love for you in, in Christ and His redemptive work uh, in coming for you. It, I I really do believe it'll help you to better understand truth from error in a generation is so full of deception. I know reading the Bible for me, part of my motivation is as a parent, I want to make sure that I'm ready to answer the questions my kids are asking. And I got kids, maybe you do as well, that are asking some really tough questions about about life. And I think the Bible has much to, to say about these things. So I've been encouraging you to get a resource, 52 Weeks in the Word. It's a companion for reading through the Bible in a year by Trillia Newble. Um, and, and you can get that by dialing 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Maybe you're listening. Say, Chris, I want to join you in this journey. I, I want to be uh, a part of this team that's reading through the Bible together. I think it's going to be awesome. But it also dawned on me that it is possible for us to be reading the Bible with sincere hearts and missing the big idea, missing the gospel, missing uh, what Christ wants us to see in Scripture. And so I thought it would be great to have uh, a Bible teacher that I respect tremendously join us to talk about uh, biblical theology, what that is, the big picture of Scripture, and how that revolutionizes the way we study Scripture, because I really want you to get out of the Word of God all that God intended for you to see. So Nancy Guthrie is with me with me today. She is a Bible teacher, as I alluded to. She's also an author. She's really accomplished in that area. She's also a podcaster as well. She teaches at her home church, Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Franklin, Tennessee. She also teaches at conferences around the country internationally as well. Her passion is biblical theology for women. Uh, she's the author of numerous books, and she's also the host of Help Me Teach the Bible. It's a podcast through the Gospel Coalition. She joins me today. Hey, Nancy, how are you? Hey, Chris. I am so happy to be with you today. This is great. Happy New Year to you. 
And I want you to start by talking to, to our listeners about why reading through the Bible is a pretty good way to start a new year. Because we want our lives to be centered around God's word. You and I have so many voices speaking into our lives, don't we? Mm-hmm. I and mean, when we think about uh, what we scroll through and read and what we see on screens, and we've got all these yes. voices, but there's one voice we most want and need to hear. Yes. And that is the voice of God. I mean, it's an amazing thing that the God of the universe condescended to speak to us in human language Mm. that we can understand. And if he has done that, he must have something to tell us that we really need to know. (laughs) And so that's why we want to begin and continue and end this coming year in his word, because we want to lean in and listen to what he has to say to us. All right. That's such a great headline. God has something to tell you that you really need to hear. I just think that's such a great headline, and man, do I want to make sure my heart, my ears are attuned, right? But I also want to be honest about our humanity. It it is so hard to start a reading plan and stick with it throughout the year. Why is reading through the Bible hard? What what are some ways, maybe even for Nancy Guthrie, someone as respected as you, what are some ways that reading through the Bible have maybe been hard? What are some of the obstacles to that? Well, that's an easy question for me to answer because what happens to me is I start reading and, you know, I've got my list and my plan. and But then I get pretty quickly to something in the Bible that I think, now, what is that about? <laughs> I mean, why why did that person do that or you, why you is god responding rabbits, that huh? way <laughs> yeah or just like why was that important and mm. so you know we hit upon things that we don't get and i actually want to say to people um as much as i want you to read through the bible in the year um i hope you're setting aside some time to try to figure some of those things out uh, because uh, to not take time to dig a little bit deeper to figure out, okay, what is going on here? Um, then, then, you know, everything that we're hoping to get out of our Bible reading, maybe it's not going to take deep root. And so, you know, when I hit those things, Chris, I look for some outside help. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm so grateful. I mean, how many study Bibles do you have on your shelf? I've got a lot. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Now, my go-to is the ESV study Bible. I Mm -hmm. love the notes in that. And I, I mean, I depend on them a lot. I'll read something and I'll just, you know, it's refer, it refers to a place maybe. And I'll think, was there any significance in the place where this happened? Or, you know, uh, some instruction that they're giving to, well, what's that about? And those study notes really help me. So if you're reading through the Bible in the year, I hope that you've got a really good study Bible handy. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to open up the phone lines. We're going to talk about a lot today with Nancy. It's always a gift whenever she's available and stops by. But I want to also just open up the phone lines to hear from you about what are some of the uh, difficulties or challenges you face when it comes to reading the Bible. Now, this is a safe space. Chris Brooks has some challenges as well. Uh, got a little bit of ADHD going on, can get distracted easily, 
And oh, by the way, got a pretty busy life that sometimes interrupts my well-intentioned Bible reading. Uh, But maybe there's some challenges you face when it comes to reading the Bible that Nancy and I can help you with, or maybe even pray with you, just be a prayer partner with you today. The phone number to join the conversation is 877-548-3675. I'll give the number again. It's not a coincidence. Guy has you listening today. I really do believe this invitation is for all of us to read his word, to engage in the scriptures more. I know that's Nancy's passion, my hope for you as well, but I also am real enough to recognize it's not easy. There are going to be difficulties, distractions. Nancy, you talked about the screens that distract us. I got to be honest, I got three in front of me right, right now. So there are distractions all around. Most, I think the study says most Americans are in rooms with at least three screens at any given time. There's also a study, Nancy, that I referenced yesterday on the program that the American Bible Society did during COVID, Nancy, get this, 26 million Americans report that they stopped reading the Bible during COVID, that that was such a disruption in their lives that they stopped their Bible reading and haven't picked that up again. Maybe you're in that category and you're listening to us today. Nancy and I would help, would love to help you to uh, maybe work through some of the challenges you face in reading the Bible, 877-548-3675. Now, one of the things that you've been teaching women, Nancy, for years is about this concept called biblical theology. Let's let's start because I love this. I absolutely love your teachings in, in this area. I was listening to one of your workshops the other day, and it blessed me. What is biblical theology for those who have never heard that term before? Yeah, I think when we hear that term, it, it would be natural that our first thought would be, okay, that is theology that is biblical, as opposed to unbiblical, which is what I thought when I first heard the term. And there is some truth in that. But we're actually talking about a specific uh, approach to the Bible. There are a number of um, theological, let's call them disciplines. There would be systematic theology. And, yes. you know, that's what I grew up learning mostly. So like when you maybe you have a class at your church and you you study specific doctrines in the church, that's mostly systematic theology. Now, what I didn't learn growing up in the church and in a lot of Bible study for a lot of my life was this thing called biblical theology. And, and I'm going to define it this way, that biblical theology is a way of approaching the Bible that recognizes that even though the Bible is made up of various kinds of literature and was written over many centuries by many human authors, it's really telling, here's key words, one cohesive story Wow! about what God is doing in the world through Christ. And biblical theology recognizes that just like any good author, you know, whatever book you're reading, the author's going to have some themes that they, he's written into the book, certain things he really wants to communicate. So does the author of this book, the divine yes. author. Yes. There's a number of really important themes that he's written into his book. And see, Chris, what I think is we were talking about challenges to reading the Bible. I think understanding what these themes are, the things God's really trying to get across something yes. to us with. Yes. I think knowing what those themes are and watching for them in the text as we read through the Bible this year, it's going to really help us with our understanding. 
I love that. And that is so true. And when you don't know what those are, man, how frustrating can it be to walk away, Nancy, from a sincere time in the Word of God and say, I I don't even get what I just read. I can only imagine how disheartened a lot of folks are when they are going to the Bible again and again and again, and they're not getting it. Or even worse, you share this story. I was recently reading an article that you wrote. I think this was 2021. You shared this story years ago. You say, I was teaching a study of Genesis in my church when one of the discussion groups leader, a godly older woman, came and sat by me. How come I've never been taught this before, she said, with tears in her eyes. She was beginning to recognize that despite many years of studying the Bible, she had never seen how the story of the Bible centers on the person and work of Christ from Genesis to Revelation. You go on to say her tears were for all the lost years of approaching the Bible in lesser ways, and I could totally relate. Nancy... It's just heartbreaking, but that's so common, isn't it? It is. You know, I think so many of us have been, um, I won't say we were taught this, but maybe we were. Somehow, I feel like I was. Somehow, what I took from so much Bible teaching all of my life was that the Bible is mostly about what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And it was a huge shift for me. When I saw, actually, the Bible is primarily about what Christ has done. And once we make that shift, then everywhere we go in the Bible, beginning on the very first page, beginning with the very first verse, we're beginning to ask the question, what is this telling me about, in the Old Testament, we're saying about who Christ will be and what he will accomplish. And when we get to the New Testament, who he is, what he has done. And then we draw from that. So what are the implications for me? And always the first implication is... I must become joined to Christ. <laughs> That's the yes. most desperate yes. issue in my life. Yes. Have I become united to this Christ who's at the center of the whole of the scriptures? And there's going to be some other implications, certainly. But to me, it was very significant to make that shift, to stop going to the Bible and yes. immediately try to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do? And yes. instead begin to go to the scriptures and and say, Lord, open my eyes to see who Christ is and what he has accomplished and what it means for me because I am joined to him by faith. Nancy, I'm so grateful for you sharing the story of this godly older woman who sat in tears over the lost years. And what I want to do is help folks to avoid losing any more years or months or weeks or days. I want you to be able to see Jesus and the big story of Scripture uh, as you read the Bible. That's why I brought Nancy. You want to talk about what biblical theology is and how it revolutionizes our Bible study. We're going to take your call. So bet Peggy from Carmel, Indiana, stay on the line. I'm going to come to you next, 877-548-3675. We'll be right back. 
Does the thought of reading through the Bible in a year overwhelm you? Then I have the perfect guide for you. 52 Weeks in the Word provides a reading plan that's not too big or too small, offering 52 reflections, one per week, along with prayer prompts and insights for each scripture reading. Discover the whole story of the Bible from beginning to end. Get your copy with a gift to equip by calling 888-644-4144 or visit equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Maybe you've been listening to me and you say, hey, Chris, I want to read through the Bible with you. I want to do that this year. If you'd like to learn more about that reading plan and you want to join us, the resource we're using is 52 Weeks in the Word. Um, it's great. Gives you great questions, a plan. It, it really is an awesome tool. All you got to do is dial the number 888 888- 644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Nancy Guthrie is with, with me today. We're talking about biblical theology and, and in many ways, talk about the right way of reading the Bible so that you can uh, really see what, what really see Christ in every passage you're going to read this year and really get uh, the beauty of the gospel through the reading of scripture. We're going to come back to that, but I promise we go to the phone lines, Nancy, to help people to work through some of the challenges they face when reading the Bible. And Peggy is listening in Carmel, Indiana. Hey, Peggy, thank you so much for listening. What's your question for Nancy? Hey, um, so I, um, I struggle with ADHD, like on the most extreme side of things that you possibly can. I'm a mother of two small children, um, I continue to lose focus. So whether it's being interrupted or not able to get up early enough to even get up before they get up, um, because I need those precious hours of sleep to help recharge my brain, which is already overstimulated throughout the day. Um, but I just get in the Bible and I get lost or I, or I start a plan and I stop. And it's not for the lack of love of Christ. It's just my brain is literally wired completely different. Um, and so it's trying to figure out a good program or a good way to just dive in without getting lost or overwhelmed. I don't know if you have any tools or resources that you would suggest for that. Well, here's what I would say, Peggy. I would say bite off something manageable for you. And by that, I mean, maybe Maybe you're not going to do, try to read the whole Bible in a year. Maybe it's going to be just the New Testament. Or maybe you're going to say just for the whole month of January, I'm going to read, say, the Gospel of John or the book of Philippians. And to help you focus, maybe one time, maybe you sit down and you read through the whole thing when you've got a good amount of time. But then every day, maybe you just take two or three verses and you read it, but you read it with your pen in hand, because I think a, a a pen or a pencil can really help with focus. I love to use like the little Bible um, scripture notebooks that have the text of the scripture written in them that I feel more comfortable to write in and make lots of notes than I do my regular Bible. So what I do is I open that up and like I'm looking for repeated words and I circle those or I see 
I see either phrases or ideas that seem connected. And so I draw a line between those phrases. Or maybe I read something and I think that that raises a question. And so right beside it, I, I write, you know, what does this mean? Or why did this happen? But with a pencil in hand on some text that you feel comfortable writing on, I think can help you with focus and taking just a really small bit. And then there's one more thing I want to suggest that you do. Before you leave it, before you set it down, I want you to pray through it. Mm. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, let's say that that day you had just chosen Psalm 23. And so you had, you'd written some things up, you'd circled some things, you'd written some questions, you'd, you'd connected it, you'd seen kind of how many parts are in it. But then you say, okay, now I'm going to pray through this. So I'm going to say, the Lord is my shepherd. Lord, you are my shepherd. You're the shepherd of many people in this world, but you are personally my shepherd. And this means that I am your sheep and Lord, I need your shepherding in my life. I need you to care for me. I need you to lead me. And I, and it says, because you're my shepherd, I have everything that I need. Lord, I need your help to believe that that's true. Mm. Because I get so distracted thinking I need so many things that I don't have. Do you see what I'm doing, Peggy? I, I, I'm, I'm taking it and not just making it this thing out there, but internalizing it and analyzing it. And I don't think that has to take all that long. I mean, yeah. if you're just taking a few, a few verses... 10 or 15 minutes, but maybe that can become a way to approach it that really helps you to connect. That's so good. Peggy, hopefully that's helpful. And I just think that, you know, as I hear this and recognizing so many of us are dealing with this either in our own lives personally or with our kids, you know, this affects all of life, not just your Bible reading part of your life, all of life. So a lot of the tips that Nancy just gave Peggy are transferable to other areas of your life, just being realistic about it, it being okay to take bite-sized chunks of, of uh, topics or issues, or in this case, Bible reading. But I would also say, make sure you're working with your doctor and saying, man, how does this affect me broadly? And, and how do I help? How, how can I uh, help to manage through this. Peggy, I want to pray for you. Father, thank you for Peggy's heart. Thank you for her desire and passion to know you and your word better. I pray for your grace, Lord, to just be her portion in this moment for her and for her precious little ones. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Peggy, for giving us a call. Again, if you want to join the conversation, what are some of your challenges when it comes to reading the Bible? We want to help you navigate through them. 877-548-3675. All right, Nancy, we were talking about biblical theology. And in many ways, the ways that it just changes our Bible study, one of the ways you said is that biblical theology makes Bible study Christ-centered, not me-centered, so I love that, but how does it help us to maybe see the larger story of the Bible instead of seeing the Bible as disconnected stories? Yeah, I think that's where this discipline has really helped me. Um, you know, I'm someone who grew up in the church, you know, from my earliest days. My earliest memories are from my three-year-old Sunday school class. But if I'm honest with you, Chris, for a lot of my life, my understanding of the Bible was kind of a collected jumble of Bible stories 
that I couldn't have strung together in any kind of order, especially the Old Testament. Like, you know, maybe you would have talked to me about David and Goliath, but I couldn't have told you where on a timeline of the history of the Old Testament that happened and or other things. Did that happen before that or after that? And you know what? If we don't have a a solid sense of that storyline to know where certain things we're reading about, when in the history of redemption, when between the Garden of Eden and the slavery in Egypt, wandering in the wilderness, entering into the promised land, being exiled from the promised land, back from the promised land, we've got to know where what we're reading in the Bible, when that happened. And if we don't, then we generally take what we read and we come up with some kind of little moral or faith lesson for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. But when we understand, when, we, when we've got a sense of that storyline, then we can begin asking some really important questions of the text. We can say, okay, so who wrote this and who was his original audience for this? And so what, what was he trying to say to that original audience? Because that's actually the foundation for what we're going that's to right. need to try to figure out what is being said to us. Yeah. And it just starts to all make more sense when we understand the larger story and where what we're reading, where it fits in in that storyline. And, and he, what you're saying is so important because let's be honest, the contemporary movement of Bible study tools and Bible study recommendations is unfortunately moving to a very me-centered approach to reading the Bible that that forces things to be disconnected. So if all you're doing is sitting around with a group of people reading the passage and then saying, what does this mean to me? You know, you're, you're missing the bigger story that is seen when you ask, man, what does this show me about the character of God? What it, what was the intent of this by the original author? What did it mean to them, the original audience then and there? Before you get to the what does it mean to me question, I think it changes everything and allows us to see the gospel. Nancy's going to stick with us. Maybe you want to join this Bible reading 52-week journey. Dial the number 888-644-4144. So much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Hey friends, Chris Brooks here. I want to invite you to join us for our next Equipper Zoom webinar coming up next Thursday, January 12th, right after the program. We'll be talking about one of the greatest challenges facing our children, our relationships, and our society today. That's mental health. Bring your questions and join the conversation as we discuss Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Equippers, look for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an Equipper and want to attend? Well, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 online at equipradio.org. Hey friends, welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so fired up about next Thursday because next Thursday, January 12th, immediately following the program is our next Zoom webinar. And this topic is one of the most important in our culture and in our time. Jesus, anxiety, and depression. What does the gospel have to say about these big topics 
of anxiety and depression. Is it a sin for me to live or to deal with anxiety? If I'm dealing with anxiety, am I in sin? What does the Bible say about depression? We're going to talk about that and so much more. Now, here's the deal. This is for our monthly partners. So if you're a monthly partner, thank you for doing that. So appreciate you and your monthly support. You can register for this, no cost at all. This is a great, interactive, intimate way for us to be able to enrich your life. But we also, with every one of our Zoom webinars, want to give back. And one of the ways we give back is by reserving some seats available if you're not a monthly partner. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to open up the phone lines right now. I got five seats to our Zoom webinar five spots, if you will, that I'm going to reserve if you are a Christian mental health professional, because I really want your interaction around this, Jesus, anxiety, and depression. I'm also going to reserve an additional five seats if you're a pastor or in leadership on any level within your local church, and maybe you're you're interacting with this topic, Jesus, anxiety, and depression on a pastoral or local church level. What you got to do is reserve your spot now. The phone number is 877-LIVE-675. Dial the number now. We got five spots. If you're a mental health professional, a counselor, doing that work, interacting with people, we love that you're doing that. We want to get you involved in this. Or if you're a pastor or church leader, 877-548-3675, five spots If you're in those categories, I want to invite you to join us for our next Zoom webinar, Jesus, Anxiety, and Depression. It's going to be awesome, and I want you to be a part of it. 877-548-3675 is the number to reserve your spot or 877-LIVE, but you got to call right now, 877-548-3675. Nancy Guthrie is with me. We're trying to help you to uh, study the Bible in a way that helps you to see Christ in every passage and really brings your Bible study alive. Nancy, let's go back to the phone lines. Debbie is listening in Chicago area. Hey, Debbie, thank you so much for listening. What's your question for Nancy? Yes. Hi, thank you for taking my call and my question. I My issue tends to be more, it's just very theoretical, and I do read the stories, and I feel like I can connect, like, want to understand, like, oh, I can relate to this, but then I just feel like it's not, like, relational and it's personal for me, even if I'll pray or I'll, you know, and I'm, I don't know what the hindrance is with that. I don't know, you know, um... Yeah. So that's that's my question, how to deal with that. <laughs> Nancy, this is so good because this is where I think asking the question of, like, where do I see Jesus in this is is so helpful. But, but Nancy, what do you want to say to Debbie who feels like, man, I'm reading the Bible. It's theoretical. It doesn't feel practical or personal or relational. What do you yeah. say to Debbie and others who feel that way? Well, why don't we take that passage in the Bible that all good read through the Bible uh in a year plans goes to die, which is the book of Leviticus, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you get into the book of Leviticus and you're just slogging through all of this blood and these, what sounds just like ancient ritual, like yes. what does this have to do with me? Okay. And, and I think this is, this might be a sample of a place where putting that in context of the whole story of the Bible makes a huge difference. Yeah. 
So as we open up Leviticus, we think, where have we been in the Bible, in this Bible so far? Well, God's people were in the garden, but then they sinned and they got put out of the garden so that they couldn't be in God's presence anymore. But God didn't give up. He, 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 he reached out to that man, Abraham, in Genesis and began calling a people to himself. And then in Exodus, he called him out of slavery in Egypt. And then as I kept reading in Exodus, he gave them instructions for building this tabernacle. And, and right before I got to the Levitic, end of, to, to Leviticus, I read the end of the book of Exodus that the, the glory of God came down to dwell in this tent that was right in the middle of the camp of all of his people. Now, all of that can seem very far removed unless we begin to think about the fact that, oh, God wants to be with his people. Mm-hmm. And then we say, I'm part of God's people. God, God wants to draw close to me. But then we go, oh, but I've, I'm a sinner. So how am I ever going to get close to him? Well, you, there's where we get to the book of Leviticus. And he begins saying, okay, if you want to come close to me in your tabernacle, here's for the Old Testament people what you're going to have to do. And here's what your, here's the significance of your sin that separated us. But here's what you can do to come into my presence. But then we read that, we think, oh man, that was them then. But you know, I surely I don't have to go, you know, take a goat somewhere. And then, but we go, okay, so what difference does the life, death and resurrection of Jesus make? We realize Jesus is that once and for all sacrifice that has made it possible for me to enter into God's presence. And I think that's maybe where it begins to feel personal, Debbie, or at least I hope it does, as you perhaps choose to meditate on that. What a privilege it is that the blood of Christ has made it possible for you to enter into the presence of God, which we get to do through prayer now, but we recognize as we look to where this story of the Bible is headed, the day is coming when we are all who have been washed by the blood of the lamb are going to enter into the presence of God in a new creation. Yes. And that the whole of the Bible story has been all about that. And so I think Debbie, as you begin to see that, that that was something wasn't just done for an ancient group of people, wasn't just done for people in general, but that was about you Mm. so that you can experience the presence of God through prayer now and fellowship with him and then in fullness and intimacy for all eternity. I pray that you can cherish that and that that will cause your heart to burn uh, for Christ and to, to warm with love for Christ. So, so Debbie, I, I love what Nancy just said because in many ways, this is my summary of what Nancy just said. I think that if you're asking the right questions when you're reading the Bible, it's going to lead you to this fullness of understanding God, which is, you know, the starting point of of this whole thing. Every time you're reading the Bible, you should be asking first, what is it? What is it showing me? What is this showing me about God and his character? But then also seeing deeply the story of redemption, which is so personal because I need salvation. I need a relationship with Jesus because I can't be the person he's called me to be apart from him. So this is why having the right tool, 
having the right teacher really helps you along the journey. We're not saying just go dive in without the right tool or without the right teacher along coming alongside of you. So this is where I'm going to say the tool that we're featuring, 52 Weeks in the Word, is going to really help you because it is guided and it will give you some of those questions. But then also... I love Nancy's podcast. Biblical theology uh, is is all through this. Help me teach the Bible and uh, her podcast, and and really inviting women to understanding the Word of God. So hopefully, Debbie, that's helpful. Having the right questions, having the right tools, the right teacher along the side with you as you're reading through the Leviticus passages or Ezekiel or in different genealogy sections, or just when you're reading the Bible in general, hopefully it helps you to see how deeply personal this is, Debbie. Father, I pray that as Debbie studies the word, that she senses your presence near, uh, Lord, that she understands uh, your, your great love for her, in, in Christ coming to redeem us, to save us, and to ultimately bring us into relationship. We ask that you would bless Debbie in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. For Debbie and for others who want to get access to this tool, dial 888-644-4144. I want you to speak, if you could, really quickly, Nancy, to the way that biblical theology changes the way we see heaven or, or, or even more importantly, as believers, we see what happens after we die. Oh, that is so important because that I would say that has been maybe the biggest impact of growing in my understanding of biblical theology for me, Chris, is, you know, if you would ask me for most of my life, what's a Christian life all about? I would have probably said, well, um, I make a decision for Christ and I try really hard to live for him. And then I go to heaven when I die. And, you know, all of that is true. Uh, it's just not the full story. It's, 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 it's just diminished. But when we understand the whole of the Bible's story, I think it adds so much more richness to our understanding of where we are now and where we're headed. So if you would ask me now, what's the Christian life all about? I would say something like, well, um, before the foundations of the world, according to Ephesians 1, 3, I was chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless before him. So that tells you both my past and my future where <laughs> I'm headed toward being holy and blameless before him. And so in his grace and mercy in my life, Christ has drawn me to himself and the Holy Spirit has united me to Christ so that his death became my death. And his life is now my life. And so for the rest of my life, um, the spirit is at work in me, sanctifying me. He's got a big job, let me tell you, Chris. And <laughs> it's going to continue for all of my life. And the day is going to come when I'm going to die. Mm. And my body is going to go into a grave. And my soul or my spirit is going to go to be with Christ but that's not the end of the story. That That's like a temporary time because what the future is headed toward is resurrection day. And so the day is going to come when Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth and he's going to call to that dust that used to be my body. My body will have become dust by that point. And he's going to give me a resurrected body 
that's going to be fit for me to live forever with him in his presence. I'll be body and soul once again forever with him in the new creation. So good. That is consummation. It is heaven and so much more. Friends, you stay with us. Nancy's going to stick with us through this last break. Don't forget to go to Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. Hey friends, Chris Brooks here. I want to invite you to join us for our next Equipper Zoom webinar coming up next Thursday, January 12th, right after the program. We'll be talking about one of the greatest challenges facing our children, our relationships, and our society today. That's mental health. Bring your questions and join the conversation as we discuss Jesus, anxiety, and depression. Equippers, look for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive webinar. Not an equipper and want to attend? Well, become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Nancy Guthrie is with me today. So grateful for Nancy. Uh, Her podcast, her books, her speaking. You can find out more at our website about what Nancy Guthrie is doing around the world Go to equipradio.org. We have a link to her website there. Nancy, I kind of want to go off script a little bit for this last segment. Um, Because I I mentioned to you before we started the program that I've been working on a sermon that I'm going to be sharing with my church family based off of uh, Paul's writing in 1 Timothy 2. And I'm not going to ask you to help me write my sermon. Don't worry. Uh, But uh, in those uh, verses... I see this uh, passion of Paul for women, in particular in verse number 11, he opens with these words, let a woman learn. And I think about how sadly in so many pockets of the church, the body of Christ, both now and throughout history, there's almost been this shunning of women learning the Bible, learning theology. You're so passionate about this. So am I. Talk a little bit about maybe why women should take study seriously, why Christian women, why churches in particular should really be passionate about women everywhere, learning theology, learning the word. Uh, why is that so yeah. important? Well, let's think about that primary command of Scripture, that we are to Love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know what, Chris? We just, we can't love someone that we don't know. Yeah. Uh, I I think about, you know, my relationship with my husband. I have a fabulous husband, David. And, you know, it just wouldn't even make any sense that I would say, I don't really need to know you. Just, I just love you. Okay. But, you know, I I don't know anything about you. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, it is, it is the, the greater knowing. And so, you know, I live with my husband and, and he's here for me to talk to and experience life with. So how am I going to know the Christ that I long to love now and to love more tomorrow than I do today? And that it's as I know him in a deeper way. And the way I'm going to know him is by listening to him. I want to hear what he has to say to me. and But I don't want it to just be a one-way conversation where I just listen to him speak. I want it to be a two-way conversation. 
but I don't want my, and that's through prayer, but I don't want my prayers to simply be like, okay, you tell me everything you want to say in the word. And then I'm just going to start going through my list of talking to you, telling you what I wanted to tell you about. No, nobody likes that when you do it in a real person conversation, like when you ignore (laughs) what they just said and you just, you know, you think that person's just been waiting for me to stop talking to just say what they wanted to say, but they're not even responding to what I've said. And so we want this intimate relationship where we respond to what he's said. And, you know, earlier when we were talking with uh, Peggy and Debbie, uh, when I talked about taking the word and actually turning it into prayer, I think this is where that intimate relationship comes that we that, that we long for. So I would say if the aim of your life is to love the Lord, your God, then you, you're going to have to invest yourself in knowing him. And the way that you do that is by listening to him speak and responding to him in prayer and fellowshipping with him in that way. And so that's what we all want. So I just think for, I think the sad thing about lots of women's ministry can be that we tend to want to set the agenda in that conversation. And by that, I mean, we say, okay, here's the things that are important to me. And so, yeah, I'm going to go to the Bible, but I'm going to say, okay, here's, here's the things I'm looking for that I think are important. And so these are the things I want to study. And, and therefore that means there's a whole lot of the Bible you just ignore. I mean, who's ever going to study any of the Old Testament prophets if we're only going on what I think I need to know about from the Bible? I mean, we just will never go there. And so, We want God to set the agenda in the conversation. And so because we believe he's spoken to us and that actually we need to hear everything that God has said to us, it means that we invest ourselves in hearing everything he's said to us. So that's a big challenge because some parts of the Bible are going to mean that we have to work on some skills for listening. Yes. We've got to understand how to read and understand that particular genre of the Bible that we might be unfamiliar with. But Chris, there's such reward in it. It is. As he reveals himself in a way that maybe he does hasn't through other parts of the scripture. And as he maybe he doesn't answer every question we have, but what we discover is that maybe there were some answers we needed that we didn't know enough to ask the right questions. And and Paul, and Paul says that if we get our life and doctrine right, it not only will save us, but our hearers as well. It, it has impact beyond us, Nancy. And and I just think that when we take discipleship seriously as well, discipling our kids, discipling those that he's given us uh, favor and leadership in, in their lives, um, in this case, women discipling other women, you, you you take this seriously. So, in other words, he doesn't he hasn't designed the pool of Christianity in such a way where the men hang out at the deep end, the women hang out at the shallow end. Let's all dive deep into his word. That's what Nancy Guthrie is all about. Nancy, thank you for joining me. I so oh, appreciate you so much. Hey, friends. I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know it's easy to read the Bible and insert our own understanding, but in doing so, we may miss the incredible way the gospel infiltrates all of Scripture. I'm going to be joined by Pastor Ben Conley. He's going to help us to understand some of the most misunderstood passages of Scripture. Don't miss the next Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central, on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.